0: Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Pastor. I'm here as always with my co host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, we've made it. It is the offseason. We
1: yeah, have, it's bittersweet. Yeah. Definitely is bittersweet. Um, but first of all, Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Lovely. I'm okay. I'm okay. Adam, last night I saw the greatest comeback in my history of playing fantasy football. Did, the greatest comeback I've ever seen. Did it involve Stefan Diggs? It did. I figured. It involved Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. My mother, the person that gave birth to me, Donna. Donna. Yes, the official mom of the Basement Talk podcast. She was down 80. Eight, oh, my. Zero. Oh, my. She went up against Alvin Kamara. She got kamara 56 by Kamara. 56. Yep. yep. Down 80. 8 She got a stinker from Tyreek Hill. She got two stinkers from her two, two starting running backs, Chris Carson and Darrell Henderson. Stinkers. She didn't have Keenan Allen. Saints defense put up a zero. She needed Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Jacoby Myers to put up at least 80 points and then some other results go in her way, considering that her opponent had the Bills defense. So really it was 70, but then you include the 10-point automatic start from the Bills. That's how you get your, your 80. Honestly,
0: 70 is still, is still an impressive deficit to come back from regardless. Put up
1: to 80 with the 10 points. It's still very impressive. She came back, and she won. Unbelievable. It is the greatest comeback I have ever seen in my life and i've been playing fantasy now for, for ten, 10 plus years well that's pretty incredible so i'm 24 and i started playing fantasy when i was 13 so 11 years my 11 years of playing fantasy football i have never seen a comeback like that in my life well that is just incredible it was frankly. it really was i can only imagine who is she playing the, so she was playing this is my family She was playing my yep. second cousin who was a two-time champion in the league. The league's been in existence for four years. There have been two champions. He's won it twice. I've won it twice. It started off, he won it. Then I won it back-to-back. Then last year, he won it. So he was going for back-to-back this year. Again, he's been, out of the four years that this league has been in existence, he's won it twice. He's been in the final three times. Interesting. Okay. Okay. This is, also, this is also the guy, I think maybe I've told you this story. This is the guy that went into a championship with a 14 and 1 team. Wow. 14 and 1 going into a championship. He was playing my team that was at the end of the regular season going into going into championship, was at the end of the regular season was 6 and 7. Then I won two games, got to 8 and 7, and was at, in the championship and I ended up beating him. That was the year that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers completely annihilated the New York Jets. Oh, that game shouldn't – that game was – I hate that game. That was awesome. That game was bullshit.
0: That was awesome. That bullshit pass interference penalty. Why do you have to remind me of that? Sam Uh, Darnold has been banking on the potential from that game for the past year and a
1: half. It brings me happy memories, Adam.
0: It was, it was a great game. Me happy
1: memories of when I won fantasy championships.
0: <laughs> if I wasn't a Jets fan, I probably would say that was a really fun game.
1: But it was a great game. It was great for a neutral.
0: If yeah, no, you for new- a Jets
1: fan, then it wasn't that great. Yeah. I See, mean, this is what I love. We don't have to talk about anything, anything that's really you know with a lot of concrete substance. We can just kind of go and do our own thing. This is nice.
0: Well, the good news is that there's a pretty solid chance that I'm going to remain a Jets fan. No matter what happens true. on Sunday,
1: true, but then we maybe do a podcast on Monday, and we'll be starting off the podcast with a little bit of hallelujah. yes,, oh, that' would be nice yeah, I, uh, I,
0: think,
1: I think you would put you would put it in intentionally I would
0: I was thinking, honestly, I think I said this a couple weeks like weeks ago, weeks upon weeks ago that when Adam Gates gets fired, we would start the podcast with Ding dong the Witch is
1: Dead. True. You did say that, so I think we should do that. <laughs> you, could, yeah, I, listen. If that is your show, you're going to take. You could do whatever you want. You have the creative license to do whatever you want. I think you've waited for this day for the better part of the last two years. Yeah, I never want. I, ne- I never. I never wanted. I never asked for this. I never asked for this. I never asked for this. I'm a New York Jets fan. I'm. I'm struggling. No, I'm never struggling. I never asked for this. Oh, by the way, um, as we now have officially closed the door on Trevor Lawrence being a New York jet. How are you feeling now, Adam? Well, I think I've come to terms with it. You definitely did. You definitely did more than most. I think
0: that I'm not going crazy because I know that there are teams that are behind us that are, would be in the market for a quarterback, very much so in the market for a quarterback Mm -hmm. and that could be willing to trade up. And frankly, I think that no matter what happens, Trevor Lawrence is not going to completely fix what's going on with the New York Jets. Fair.
1: That's fair. And that we need a better foundation. You need assets. Yeah. You need assets. And I think that's where the number two pick and and the Jets fans are going to just, you know, bash me right now. But I think not getting Trevor Lawrence is probably the best thing that will happen to the New York Jets because they will be able to trade out of that number two spot and get a pretty decent haul for number two if that's what they decide to do. You know, if if they love uh, Patrick Sertan, the cornerback from Alabama, if they love Penny Sewell and they want to just show up that offensive line and have two stud tackles for the next 10 years, they can do that. If they fall in love with Justin Fields or Zach Wilson – or Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Kyle Trask, whomever the guy is going to be for them. They have a ton of options. And yeah, it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence who... Well, if they trade back, then they can get probably Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Kyle Trask or Mac Jones. See, if they trade back, they're probably looking at Mac Jones or Kyle Trask because I've heard a bunch of people, and we're going to talk about this throughout the offseason. This is the best part about this, is there is just such a set loose schedule as to what we will have to do on this podcast but one of the things that we'll do is we'll be talking about the draft prospects and everything like that. I've heard that Zach Wilson, there are a lot of people around the league that love Zach Wilson more than they love Justin Fields. Well, that could be interesting. I think it just depends on what you want as a, uh, in a quarterback. I, I think it really just depends. If you want someone that can make plays and is something, I, I think Justin Justin Fields kind of reminds me of the same mold as like a Cam Newton. He's kinda, he he's kind of he kind of plays the same style of game and is the same style of quarterback whereas Zach wilson is just a really just launch the ball i think justin field is like a cam newton yeah i don't see him as like the as kind of like a big like bruiser kind of
0: guy Bruising i mean look at him he's humongous i know he's humongous i'm probably just still picturing him from from when i watched him in the elite 11
1: where he was like I mean, a scrawny kid his, his outside-the-pocket ability is very underrated, believe it or not, with fields. And, and he has that Sounds same familiar. sort of clunky style of throwing that Cam Newton has, where it's not very pretty on the eye. And I'm talking, of course, Cam Newton from you know, MVP Super Bowl year, not the Cam Newton that could barely hit Nikhil Harry on a uh, 20-yard pass in the middle of the field on Monday night. Yeah, well, I mean, the, that Sunday's game is going to be very fascinating. Adam, how did you feel watching Bill Belichick get completely embarrassed on national television last night? Will be the second time because I was
0: at work for the game that he got embarrassed by the Rams that we ended up beating. So that, that made it even
1: better. If the New York Jets beat the New England Patriots on Sunday, would you take that as a win, or would you just be? Ah, it's week seventeen. It's meaningless. Well, I think that now that we're locked into number
0: two. And and that there's nothing that, that can change that because the Bengals beat the beat the Texans, so the Bengals have four wins. Houston right. has four wins, so we're locked into number two. So like, sure, go for it. Beat New England. It's nice to beat New England. It's been a while, so it, it's always nice to beat New England, especially even if it's a meaningless game. It's always nice to to you know to
1: to get a win. Um, there is some breaking news for anybody who is playing in Week 17 championships. Um, and we won't be talking about Week 17 championships as much because I think we've been big components on this podcast. If you play in Week 17 championships, you're a bits do not. Um, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have announced that none of their starters will be playing in Week 17. And that is why Week 17 championships are for Cocteau. Correct. Yeah. correct. Mason Rudolph will be starting for Big Ben. It'll be a mix of Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. And I believe they said that Juju – and Claypool and Deontay Johnson um, will not play or could play in a very, very, very limited capacity. So I guess this means that
0: Cleveland is winning, is just going to make the play. I don't know. So basically Cleveland is like we have our end of the bargain, but who knows?
1: Uh, yeah, but this is also pending that the Cleveland receivers will be able to go. Yeah. Depending, of course, that they can continue to test negative. Right.
0: Um, yeah. So with that in mind, we got, we went on the whole thing. But this is what we could do. Yes. But yeah, I think that freedom. I mean, talking about like the Jets beating the beating the Browns, I mean at this point it was like it was a four, it was like I it was all but a foregone conclusion that we were gonna get the second pick. So it's not like the end of the world. And I think that this is like, there was like an episode of family guy. Um, I can't believe I'm bringing this reference referencing family Guy here, but it's like one of those things where they were like, either you get, you get this car or a boat or whatever, or you can get, or you can see what's going on in the mystery box. And the mystery box ended up being like tickets to a comedy show,
1: not saying Sam Darnold is a boat, but I was, to, say, I was about to say, are you comparing Sam Donald to a boat? He's not and a if boat. if you are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a yacht that's still kind of going along before it hits the iceberg? Or are we talking about the Titanic after it hits the iceberg? He's more like a dinghy. Oh, if he's it's a dinghy. A, okay.
0: If, he's right. a, if he is a boat. But it'd be like, basically, it's like do you want this serviceable car or do you want what's inside the mystery box? Okay. Do you want this like Toyota Camry? That's kind of nice. It does what it does its job. Has the potential to be kind of good for you for a while or do you want what's in the mystery box? The mystery box could be anything. It could be a Ferrari Enzo or it could be a a broken down Prius. True. So at this point, it's like and yeah, I think with the I mean with the talent that the Jets have, I don't trust I wouldn't trust us to put Trevor Lawrence in a great situation anyway.
1: So, then before we move on, Adam, very quickly, if you, you, the number two pick, obviously, you, I know you want to trade it. That's yes. your ideal perfect world scenario. If you don't trade the pick and you are picking at number two, who are you picking? Ooh, I would probably pick
0: who's the, was Jamar Chase is the corner? No, Patrick, uh, Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan is the corner okay. from Alabama. Jamar Chase is a receiver, isn't he? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Jamal is here. Not picking him second overall. Um I would probably pick
1: either Sertan or Penny Sewell. That's I think that's what a lot of Jet fans are kind of revolving around is the I'd idea probably, of taking Penny Sewell.
0: I would I mean I would lean more towards Sertan just because we have Mikhaye Becton and george fans okay
1: yeah but i mean if, if if you are gonna ride with donald for one more year you know you at least want to give him a chance well the but corner I think the way you the way you do that is by giving him at least time to throw to throw in the pocket yeah
0: well he. i and mean so- honestly the funny thing about sam is that he's he plays his best outside of the pocket when he's when he's scrambling.
1: Well, right, but that's also because he doesn't have any time in the pocket, so he can't really judge whether or not he's good in the pocket or not because 95% of the time he's running for his life. Yeah, well, I mean – So if he has – if if the Jets go out and they decide that they are going to keep number two pick and they take Penny Sewell, they will have, in my opinion, the best tackle combination in the league for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, if
1: – I'm not saying. Look what, look what it did for Dallas, though. Yes, it's true. Dallas completely sold out. They built up the offensive line, and it extended Tony Romo a little bit, and it really allowed Dak Prescott to shine as well. And Zeke, all and Zeke. Yeah, let's lest yeah. we forget. Yeah, and and the Jets they have a ton of money that they can spend this offseason. So if you if you're able to say to me. You say, okay, if you're Joe Douglas, Penny Sewell. You have Penny Sewell that can play on the left. You have Makai Beckton that can play on the right. Or you mix and match whatever you want to do. Well, Beckton plays on the left. Well, right, but uh, so does Sewell. Oh. So you could you could put them wherever you want. You can mix and match. Doesn't matter. But you take Sewell. You give Darnold two very, very good tackles to at least protect his – one on the blind side, one on his near side. And then you go out with the amount of cap space that the Jets have, and you go get him a Kenny Galladay, you go get him an Allen Robinson, you go get him a Judas Smith-Schuster, or you trade for a Michael Thomas, let's just say. Now you're talking about something. Now you're able to see what Sam Darnold can do with a new head coach, with a brand new shiny toy, and with two guys that are going to protect him. Yep. So I don't, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see the need for the Jets to really go out of their way and be risky in terms of going to get Justin Fields, because that, that for me, well, I'm, of course, a big Ohio State fan, OHIO. I love Justin Fields. It, it's a couple of things with Justin Fields, but mainly it's more of the, the Ohio State quarterback track record in the NFL is not great.
0: Well, it's, uh, you couldn't have said that at a more
1: timely time. Yeah, yep. You have, to be a, you have to be a real world-class asshole to get cut in your second year in the league. By Washington. By Washington. Mm-hmm. A team that
0: still employs Reuben Foster, by the way. Ron Rivera said, nope, not in my locker room, uh-uh. They still employ, I mean, Reuben Foster has been out for the season, but he's still on the team. hmm yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, knowing Joe Douglas though, back to the Jets for a second before we go into our superlatives, yes. Breaking this goes up.
1: into some more draft coverage, but this is more proof that I've been saying all along Devonta Smith is gonna win the Heisman. He just won the AP player of the year and he is the first non quarterback, or excuse me, the first receiver to win the Associated Press Player of the Year as a wide receiver. Oh. Kid's a stud. Yep, would he yeah, be the? That, that's a first. That's really good receiver.
0: He wouldn't be the first receiver to win the Heisman. Would mm-hmm. he? He would
1: yep. be. Yep. Yep. He's the first. He's the first wide receiver to win the award since it was established in 1998. No, but I'm saying for the Heisman, would he be the first? Oh, for the Heisman? Yeah. No, I don't believe so. Okay,
0: I don't. I don't believe so. Because I I remember reading somewhere that the the award is like almost exclusively for quarterbacks and running backs. And Charles Woodson. And Charles Woodson. Well, Charles Woodson did, did, does stuff on all, on all three phases, which I guess is why they decided to give it to him.
1: All right, so we have one receiver that's won it. Two. So this is, that was the one I knew about. Oh, of course. Three. Yeah, we've had three receivers win the Heisman. And it was, in case you are wondering, Adam, because I know you're probably going to take this and stick it into your uh, pocket where you keep all of your knowledge, your uh, your random ass facts. You know me so well. I do, unfortunately. Um, so, we have in 1972, Johnny Rogers, who was a wide receiver slash running back at the time, listed. Then, of course, we had the one that I knew about, which was Tim Brown, receiver oh. for Notre Dame. How would I forget about Tim Brown? Who won in 1987. And then, of course, of course, Desmond Howard. Yes. So three receivers that have won won the Heisman. Devonta Smith is about to be the fourth.
0: Why do you think that Desmond Howard played corner or safety? It seems like a safety kind of name.
1: Yeah. It doesn't sound like a name that you would put on the back of a jersey with like 19 or 11 or any of those receiver numbers. It
0: seems like a number that you'd have like 30 or something you'd
1: be in the it'd be the in the 30s because yeah. that's yeah the same, or he or he'd be he'd be like in the 30s or he would be in in the 20s right that's what that's what i envision it as so yes you you are you are correct in, in in that regard there mr gaster but i'm kind of ashamed of myself that i forgot about tim brown because he's great this is true i i'm that was the one that i that was the only one that i knew about was tim brown that's it anyway so, we
0: can talk more about this. We will talk more about this. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about as the season, as the off season goes on, as everything uh, happens with rookies leading up into the draft. What goes on with the with college football awards? You know, stuff happening in, with the playoff because you have the duel of the fates between. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in the semifinal. On I hope Tuesday. Ohio State
1: fucking smashes Clemson. That'd be pretty interesting. I'll say this loud and proud. I will shout us. I will shout this on the highest mountain peak that there is. Fuck Dabo Sweeney. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. I never asked for this. I'll say it again. Fuck Dabo Sweeney. If Clemson loses that game, Dabo Sweeney is going to get eviscerated.
0: I mean, this is one of those things where you, coaches know better than anybody to not give teams
1: bulletin board material, and that is it, literally what yes, he did. Yes, Adam, that is exactly what I was going to say, word for word, is that Dabo Sweeney has just given Ohio State bulletin, bulletin board material, that if Ohio State comes out flat against Clemson, there is a real problem. Yeah. They should be fired up and ready to go. I mean – yeah, I wonder if uh, Greg Williams would be brought in
0: as a, as a defensive coordinator to maybe, get back at,
1: Clemson, if you know what I'm saying. I, mm, I wouldn't want a bounty on Trevor Lawrence because I like him. I want to see him in the NFL. But put a bounty on Davos Sweeney, that's fine. I'm good with that. All right. You know, if there's like a a tackle on the sideline and and someone and someone wants to give uh, Travis Etienne a little shove or something like that, then then I would say it's okay. It was like that story, uh, what
0: was it? I think Steve Mariucci said something like, oh, it was... Uh, okay, so it was Mike Shanahan. He, I'm sure you've heard this story before, but Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers a long time ago. Yes. And he was throwing on the sideline with Steve Young. And Steve mm-hmm. Young was throwing the balls, throwing balls to Jerry Rice as a warm-up. And... Al Davis was standing on the 50, and Steve Young and Mike Shanahan were standing on the 30. And Mike Shanahan said, throw a deep route to Jerry Rice. If you hit the man standing on the 50, don't worry about it. And Jerry Rice almost, like, trucked Al Davis. Al Davis had to, like, jump out of the way. (laughs) Because I'm sure you're aware of the longstanding feud between Shanahan and Al Davis as a result of his uh, short coaching stint with the Raiders. Yes. But yeah, there was a really good um, series called Beef History on SB Nation. I, no, we're not sponsored or anything. I'm just saying it's really good. Where they win No
1: for advertising.
0: Exactly. There you go. Why do we? We don't even need drops when Bird just makes drops by himself, just does True. the drops on his own. True. One of the many qualities of a voice talent. Yeah. Uh, so they have like a whole thing, a whole. In depth, not like super in depth, but just talking about all of the events that led to the the beef between Shanahan and, and uh, Al Davis. So I would recommend watching it because that because they do tell that story. Interesting,
1: nice little tidbit for the for the listeners for the great people. Yep. All right. So after you listen to this podcast in full first.
0: Yes, exactly. So one thing that one of my favorite episodes of the Required Radio Fantasy Show was in january it was around this time actually it was our first show of 2019 and we had um chris chris corbett on and we also had jared facie on on as well great guys you know them quite well yep and we had superlatives for the fantasy football season and they were named after and they all had pretty interesting names. They were, just na- they were named after players. One of them, which unfortunately will not be making a return, is the Melatonin Award for Deepest oh, Sleeper.
1: That's so sad. It was one of my favorites.
0: I know. I, w- I was kind of shocked at how much you laughed when I said that. It was brilliant. But uh, we do have six Superlatives for you today, and they are named after players. They're not named after current players. They're, just na- they're named after retired players because – and they are not named after natural sedatives. No, no,
1: they are not. So, um, the as cannabis far as- award goes to Josh Gordon every year. Every year. Uh, <laughs> the strip club award goes to it's a split. It's a shared award between Dwayne Haskins and James Harden. Oh dear. <laughs> Patron of the year,
0: Dwayne Haskins, James Harden. Can you imagine if Dwayne Haskins and James Harden saw each other at the same strip club and they it was like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other? It's like well, what are you doing
1: here? What are you doing here? <laughs> they're there for the same reason. Whatever that reason is, you figure it out yourselves. It's a family show. Now the children out there, they're there to see some art.
0: It's an art gallery. Anyway, so the first award is the Jamal Charles Award for most
1: surprising draft bust. God, where do I begin? <laughs> where the fuck do you even begin? Um. Okay. So my question for this award: Yes, are we including injury in this discussion? You know, I was thinking about it. Is and injury. Based, oh, can we put injuries in this? Are we doing it just based on performance? Are we basing it from their results based on where they were drafted? There, there, there's like a whole bunch of things that go into this award. I'm thinking here. I mean, if you want to give two, then I'm fine with two. Well, if you're encompassing it based on you know saying injury, Michael Thomas is no, no doubt the winner. I was going to
0: call that. I was literally going to call this the Michael Thomas Award because. This is what it was, because he epitomizes this fact, but I didn't want to name it after current players, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Michael Thomas, if you're putting injuries in this, no doubt is the winner of this award. If we're going based on performance, hmm, I I have one. I have one too.
0: You're probably, I mean, I think you might agree with me. You might not like it, at, but I, I think, think we're
1: going for the same guy. Yeah, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Yep, that's who I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, look, I can't, I can't hate on that because it looked like he took a massive step back this year. You could say whether it was the health of the offensive line. You can say whether it was no Dak Prescott, but all right, we got to call it for what it was. Uh, Zeke did not look good, and it was quite amazing how Tony Pollard stepped in and had a massive game against the 49ers, and all of a sudden, Zeke, Zeke calf magically healed up and was ready to go. Because he needed to come back and, I think, prove a point and had a second 100-yard game against the Eagles. but yeah, it job was, back, basically. Yeah, to just show that he still can, can do it. But look, I mean, yeah, Zeke is, as much as I really do hate to say it, he definitely is the guy, I think, for, for this award. If we're going even deeper, uh, Juju. Juju, I think it'd be this in this in this category yeah. based on where he was selected? Um, George Kittle. But I think that's yeah. more injury related. Yeah, I mean, I think Zach Ertz also. Yeah. Which is also injury related. Yeah. yeah, if we're going further than that, if we're saying like top three, top four rounds, Zach Ertz is definitely in there as well. Deshaun um, Mark, Watson, maybe? Yeah, Deshaun Watson, maybe. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Mark Ingram there's a whole host of things that did not go in his favor. Um left belt. How, how about Lamar Jackson? Very, yeah. very he was he, there were moments where he was really good. And there were moments where he was he was not that good. Yeah, I think I would put Lamar Jackson in this category. Yeah. Just because I think it's very reasonable. He was drafted in like the first round in some leagues. Here's here's another one, and, and maybe this is one that I think maybe Bust would be a little harsh, but I think it depends on where you took him. Uh, James Conner, two halves really for him.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's also like he wasn't able to stay on the field Mm -hmm. and is either injury or, you know, dealing with COVID. So, yeah, you weren't able to get enough from James Conner. Yeah, I think, no, I think it's, it's very, very, very fair. So this next one is also about draft busts, but this is not a category of like most surprising. This is just biggest draft bust. So it's the Trent Richardson award. Cause I was looking up, cause I was looking up uh, ADP for this and the ADP from like 2013, Trent Richardson was like a first round or second round running back. He was. And I'm like, Really?
1: You could have also called it the Alex Collins Award, too. Oh, God. Yeah. The the Alex Collins Award. Uh, But, yeah, it's basically the guys that we just kind of mentioned. The biggest bust for me is Michael Thomas, without question. Without question, um, Christian McCaffrey definitely is in there. That's a tough one, too. It was more injury. But when he played, McCaffrey was great. And I guess this is like a preview for 2021 here. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be my number one overall pick again next year.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't a performance thing cuz whenever he was
1: on the field he was incredible. Yeah. Yep. He will be he'll be my number one my number one pick next year. Um and it really, you know, you're splitting hairs really between him and him and Kamara. You know, if if someone said to me that they would take Kamara number one overall, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, say anything bad about that even though Kamara is a terrible terrible human being. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't object. Okay. So redundancy aside, this next one you're
0: going to get a kick out of because it's named after a player that I feel like you have a lot of uh, appreciation for. It's the Miles Austin Award. <laughs> what a kick. What a kick. The Miles Austin Award is the player who came out of nowhere to exceed expectations.
1: Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Oh, I like that one a lot. This one also could have been the Alvin Kamara award, but it could have been the Alvin Kamara award. But I think people expected Alvin Kamara to bounce back. Oh no, not no!
0: It's not. This isn't a bounce back. This is like complete unknown player. Oh,
1: like oh, Alvin Kamara in twenty seventeen. I see. Oh, there's what? There's one winner for this. Yeah. There's one winner. Okay. Very obvious. It's James Robinson. Yes. James Robinson is is the winner for this. I mean, he came out of literal nowhere. Leonard Fournette was cut. Raquel Armstead was, you know, the guy. He was a talk of the town. And then Raquel Armstead wasn't because he had the COVID and he's still, you know, feeling the effects of that. So prayers up to Raquel Armstead. Hopefully he'll he'll make a a full recovery uh, from that. Chris Thompson's on IR, basically. Yeah, we talked about Chris Thompson. We said, you know, look, Chris Thompson could be a very, very uh, good find you know, in terms of having, you know, a solid floor. And my God, it it just became the James Robinson show. And I tell you what, and this is a very interesting discussion that I think we can have considering there's no plan. We can do whatever we want. If you're telling me that with Trevor Lawrence now going to be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars and James Robinson, you can guarantee me, is going to be the only guy in that backfield, you can guarantee me he'd be a 15-20 touch guy. Maybe a little more than that. Say 20-23 touches a game. Where are you taking James Robinson next year, Adam? I mean, he's got to be like a first or second round pick. I said he if, – if you can guarantee me that, I think I would take him late second round. Because are you taking – you're not taking him over McCaffrey. You're not taking him over Kamara. You're not taking him over Dalvin Cook, I don't think, depending on where Dalvin Cook ends up. I wouldn't take him over Barkley. I wouldn't take him over Zeke. I wouldn't take him over Derrick Henry. I wouldn't take him over Austin Eckler. I wouldn't take him over uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't take him over Chubb. Wait, really? You wouldn't you get... take him over Jonathan Taylor? I wouldn't take him over Jonathan Taylor, no. Really? No, Jonathan Taylor is a top seven guy for me next year at the position. He will be a top 12 guy for me overall. That is interesting. I mean, oh, he had, we're not watching the same guy for the last three weeks. He finally was given the opportunity to shine, and he did. Yeah, with a great offensive line. I, I mean, if you can tell me that Philip Rivers is going to be the quarterback there next year, and oh, Jonathan Taylor, num mm, num 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 num. But here, here is the real question for you, Adam: Joe Mixon or James Robinson? Oh, geez. Well, it's this really is really tough.
0: I mean, this is. Joe Mixon with probably half a season of Joe Burrow. Mm
1: hmm. Uh, I'd rather have James Robinson. I'd rather have James Robinson as well. If you can guarantee me this workload, if you can guarantee me the workload, Josh Jacobs or James Robinson? I'd rather have James. Uh, mm, I'd rather have Josh Jacobs. I'd rather have James Robinson. If you can That's guarantee tough. me the workload, I'd rather yes. have James Robinson. Um, Trying to think if, there, if there's one more that I maybe forgot about. Um, hmm, I feel like there is. I just can't. Uh, I can't really can't have a nice think about it. Uh, oh, David oh, 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 oh! I found him. I found okay. him. Okay, James Robinson or Antonio Gibson? James Robinson. I'd rather have Antonio Gibson. Really? Yeah. I'd rather have Antonio Gibson. And if there's another guy for this award as well, Adam, J.D. McKissick. Yeah. J.D. McKissick, the last couple of weeks, he's, he's really just come out of absolute nowhere. Even beforehand, in PPR, his numbers were very, very steady. You know what's funny? You could also probably put Antonio Gibson here too. Um, you could, but I think there was enough hype with Gibson coming into the season where people knew who he was and were drafting him high enough. Well, where I don't didn't... think anybody was drafting J.D. McKissick. and I know nobody was drafting James Robinson.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, during drafts, people pe- people were assuming that Leonard Fournette was still going to be on the Buccaneers.
1: Oh, right. I mean, you took Leonard Fournette in what, the fourth round? I think so. Fourth, something the like third, that. something like that? Third I mean, or fourth. I, believe me, I, I saw it in a whole lot, a lot of spots, too. Speaking of players who are eligible for the Trent Richardson Award. Yeah, yeah, Leonard Fournette could definitely be in that category as well, unless you unless you were able to draft after he got cut by the Jaguars. Yeah, for me, well, I think it was just one James of those, Robinson.
0: It was one of those things where you had no idea what was going on with Washington's running back situation. They just cut Darius Geis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had, there was like the looming threat of Bryce Love. Peyton Barber was still there. And for the beginning part of the season, there, it was like a full-blown committee where we had no idea what was going on. Sure, that's correct. So. That is correct. He could be a, he could be eligible. Uh, James Robinson is probably going to win this award too. It's the Randy Moss Award for Most Outstanding Rookie. Randy Moss's rookie season is actually one of the best in fantasy history.
1: Yeah. Uh, you could put James Robinson up there. Ceedee Lamb. Yep. Ceedee Lamb's a touchdown machine. Yeah, I I love him next year. I'll have I will have Ceedee Lamb as top twenty, if not top fifteen receiver for next year. Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, we mentioned, Jonathan Justin Taylor, Herbert. Just, Justin Herbert. Yeah. 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 It's it's Herbert. That's a good, that's a good shout out. him. I, I it's Herbert. I mean, he just broke the record for
0: uh, the rookie record for passing touchdowns. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, it was Baker Mayfield's record that he broke. So he, he looks like a real player. Looks like a real, real player. And if you're the Miami Dolphins and, you know, you just bench to it again for Fitzpatrick to come in and save the day, I mean, what do you do? Because you're watching Herbert just completely take over in L.A. And it's looking like the Chargers have a really solid foundation. If they're able to change their coach and they're able to bring somebody in that can really get – continue to get more out of Justin Herbert. (sighs) Charters could be real good. See, I told you it's the, mystery, it's the mystery box.
0: It is. You're right. Everybody thought that Tua was going to be the guy. I mean, even hip injury notwithstanding. But yeah. I think everybody was like Tua was the Tua was far and away the best quarterback in this draft class, and it looks like it's going to be Herbert.
1: Yeah, it does look like it's going to be Herbert. If not, if not, Burrow. But I mean, we we got a small sample size of Burrow, and everything we saw out of Burrow was he was great. Yeah, he was great, you know. At, at, and that's nothing, you know, against uh, Joe Burrow or anything like that. Obviously, the, the injury really, really, really messed him up. Um, but Herbert looked terrific. He looked really, really good, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see Herbert next year. And we, I was talking about this the other day with with Jared. Actually, we were talking about how quarterback next year is going to be so insanely deep that you don't need to be going out and drafting Mahomes. You didn't need to do it this year. Because how many championships did you – how many championship teams did we see where Mahomes wasn't on it or Lamar Jackson wasn't on it? You know, you had guys like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. um, You know, maybe maybe you picked up and and you were starting Aaron Rodgers in the late rounds. Ryan Tannehill as well. Those kind of guys were winning people championships, and odds are Patrick Mahomes – Lamar Jackson, they weren't really doing that. So it just goes to show you again, you don't need to be drafting a Patrick Mahomes in the third round or second round to win a championship. You, you, you don't. You don't need him. For reference,
0: the team that won championship in our league, the league that mm-hmm. we're both in, yep, his starting quarterback was Deshaun Watson.
1: There you go. And he was about in
0: the fifth round. Yep. I mean, he also had Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf.
1: That helps. But that helps. Definitely helps. And Julio Jones. Oh, and by, and by the way, um, commiserations to all commissioners. Uh, this is a very tough time for everybody, considering you're going to have a bank account now that's going to be just sucked dry because you have to pay out for uh, fantasy championships. Hopefully you are smart. Hopefully you pack that all away in either in envelopes or if you're in your Vedmo or something like that where you just make those payouts and you're done. Yeah. That's what I did. So I did. I had, I think I had like a thousand bucks in my Venmo that I just didn't touch just from leak fees and, and whatnot. And I was able to pay everybody out yesterday. So I'm done. Well, that works. Yep. Let it sit in your Venmo for four months. Done.
0: Yep. Um, the next award is named after somebody who recently retired. And that is Eric Berry. And this is the bounce back player of the year or comeback player of the year.
1: Fuck me. I hate this award. I know. I know. I know. Alvin Kamara. It's Alvin Kamara. I know. And it's Alvin Kamara. And I am, I am here in this podcast and I am, um, I am announcing that I will not be taking a New Orleans Saint for the remainder of my fantasy career. Wow. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. The Saints always find a way to do me dirty, so I am I am hereby announcing that I am not going to be taking a New Orleans Saint ever again. Fuck the Saints. Yeah, I mean Alvin Kamara. I mean, what else can you really say about about Kamara at this point? He was terrific all year. The touchdowns are just ridiculous. It's a, it's it's amazing that he had he had tripled the amount of touchdowns in one game than he had all of last year in the fantasy season. Yep. He had, actually, touch, he had three touchdowns, week one to week sixteen of last year, and he tripled and he doubled that, doubled that in one game. It's actually pretty pretty insane. It's ridiculous. Fuck the Saints. But yes, Alvin Kamara.
0: Um, I mean this this next one, the last award. We this is like the Oscars where it's where the best is for last. Uh, it's the Ladanian Tomlinson Award for Fantasy MVP. New York Jets legend Ladanian, Toml- Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, your favorite, your favorite yeah. guy. Uh, I mean, this is between I would say three players.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different positions too.
0: Yes, all three of them are, di- are at different positions. Mm-hmm. You could even say four.
1: But I don't know if I would. For me, for me, it's between Alvin Kamara. Devonte Adams and Travis Kelsey. Yes.
0: I would say, I mean, some people could put Patrick Mahomes in that category, but I think really it's Kamara, Adams, and Kelsey.
1: I'm going to say Devontae Adams. I figured you'd say that. I'm going to say Devontae Adams because I just think Kamara, we all kind of knew that the bounce back was coming. We just didn't know, you know, what would it be? And six touchdowns, you just can't predict. You, you're not going to project someone to have six touchdowns in a game. Travis Kelsey, he was terrific. He was terrific all year long. He's going to be a first-round pick next year, and I'm going to be very curious to see what manager is going to be willing to take the plunge on taking Travis Kelsey in the first round because I don't know if we're ever going to have a tight end go higher than where Travis Kelsey's going to go next year. But for me, it is Devontae Adams. 17 touchdowns for him. My lord in heaven has Devontae Adams just completely come back from three weeks of being out and he's been, he's been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible. You don't, you don't see a receiver coming down with 17 touchdowns in general. Um, And I also think I have to point out that there was a stat that I saw Adam, which for me was, it, it, it simply blew my mind. So from the years of 2017 to last year, there were six quarterbacks total, total, Adam. Total? That had over, I believe it was 300 fantasy points. I'm just looking that up. Yes, 300. Six quarterbacks total in those three years or two years that had 300 fantasy points, right? This season, we have seven. This year alone, we have seven. Seven: Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, with Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. No, we have eight. Eight. Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Oh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Eight. Ryan Tannehill just made it. Oh, Ryan Tannehill.
0: I mean, well, he has more I, fancy points than Lamar Jackson. How could you? Have pre- could you imagine? Matt, if, if in our bold prediction show, we predicted that Ryan Zanahill would have more fantasy
1: points than Lamar Jackson. Uh, could you imagine in our bold prediction show that we would have said that Dak Prescott in the very limited games that he played had more fantasy points than Sam Darnold? You know what? I would have been happier if you, would,
0: if you had just cut out there and just, <laughs> and it would have looked like I would have called a sniper in to shoot you before you even finish that that slanderous sentence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Adam, who do you think wins the NFC East? Um, I think it's... Oh, God. It depends if Alex Smith plays. They say he's going to, but Terry McLaurin is not going to play. Mm. So this is going to be the Logan Thomas show again. I think it's going to be Washington. I think it's going to be Washington as well. I think Washington does does beat the Eagles. Yeah. Although I think Dallas will... Could probably make the playoffs. Well, I mean, Washington – Dallas only has one way in. Oh. I Dallas, mean, Dallas has, has, to the, beat, has to beat the Giants, and, and then they need lose. Washington to lose.
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean, Dallas has a chance. They have a chance. They, they
1: absolutely have a chance. They have a better chance than most. They absolutely 1,000% have a chance. Because yep. I, I think they beat the Giants. So we, I'm just – if. Jesus Christ, Adam. I may have to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. I have to rely on the Philadelphia Eagles for my happiness. That's weird. I mean, you know, you know how that went. Yeah, you know how that went. It was a great time for you. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they bring me to the same level of success.
0: Yeah, it was a great time for me. I cannot imagine a, a world where I have to rely, where I would have to rely on the the Patriots losing or the Dolphin or the, the Patriots or the Dolphins winning for the Jets to make the playoffs.
1: You'd be very conflicted. That would be very weird. You wouldn't, do, you wouldn't be doing okay? No. No. But you're, you, you, But I think, I think you're, you're a Bills guy, though, so I think you would – I shouldn't say a Bills guy. I am not a Bills guy. No, no, no. You, you, you don't loathe the Bills like you loathe the Dolphins and the Patriots. Is that, is no. that a fair statement? That is, that is a fair statement. Okay. That's what I'm
0: I I'm more, more neutral than, than I am towards the Dolphins and the Patriots. Correct. Correct. That's what I, I was getting at. I'd be okay with, I'd be okay rooting for the Bills as long as they're not playing for the Jets, playing at,
1: against the Jets. Right. Right. I mean, the Bills, the Bills are America's new team. It's just, I'm okay the Bills- with giving them that. I'm okay with giving them that mantle because they have Joshi Pooh. Right. Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam, before, before we, before we go here, before we go here. Yep. Yeah.
0: I didn't, even, I didn't even give my choice for fantasy MVP, but sure, whatever. Just take, nope. a, just take the nope. entire show. No, no, no. Wait please, out. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. My pick for fantasy MVP is actually Travis Kelsey. It's a fair pick. Because fair pick. Travis Kelsey is a tight end that puts up wide receiver one numbers. And he it is this unheard of. Broke the record for receiving yards by a tight end. He is setting new precedents. I mean, this is a guy that at a position that is chronically, a chronically shallow position like tight end, Travis
1: Kelsey is the one guarantee that you're going to be getting. So, so Adam, there were five players. There were five players that finished higher than Travis Kelsey in terms of points scored. Can you name them? Not including quarterbacks.
0: Hmm. So you're talking about,
1: we're talking about flexes. So, running back, receiver, tight end. Okay. I'm going to try not to cheat.
0: 'Cause I had the stats up. I think it's gonna be Devontae Adams. That's one. Dalvin Cook. That's two. Derrick Henry. Nope. Alvin Kamara. That's three. There's two more. Non quarterbacks.
1: Um I'll give you a hint. Okay. One may play on the same team as him. The other one we saw last night.
0: I'm surprised that Terry Kill Terry Kill has had some like kind of Bad games. I'm surprised he's up this high. Tyreek Hill is up there. Tyree Hill is number four.
1: Yeah. And Stefan Diggs? Just Stefan Diggs. Yep. Kamara, 378. Devontae Adams, 342. Dalvin Cook, 339. Tyreek Hill, 330. Stefan Diggs, 314. Travis Kelsey, 312. And the next closest to have over 300 points was Mr. Derek Henry. To close out the top 10, however, Adam, Derek Henry at 7, DeAndre Hopkins at 8, Calvin Ridley at 9, DK Metcalf at 10, and I'll give you one more as a bonus, Allen Robinson at 11. Allen Robinson. I am, what I have him in coming into the year? My wide receiver 5? Yep. a wide receiver 7. Wow. Cha-ching. Hey, listen. In a wide receiver
0: class where you have – Devontae Adams, Terry Kill, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, and DK Metcalf finishing as wide receiver seven. is pretty good.
1: And this is also when there was a stretch, where he was playing with Nick Foles,
0: which he's is even make, more
1: ridiculous.
0: He's going to make it. He's going to make a team very happy one day,
1: and it will uh, not yes be the Chargers. I mean, just listen to this stretch, and he still finishes as a wide receiver seven from week. Four To week 10. 23.1, 19.0, 10.3, 11.0, 20.7, 15.1, 10.3. Bye. Then you had Trubisky who came back week 12. 27.4, 13.5, 27.3, 12.3, 20.3. There you go. Good enough for wide receiver seven.
0: And also, he had a like six point game against the Giants in week two. And in week one against Detroit, he had, it was a 12.3. hmm And he still finishes wide receiver seven. Yep. Ridiculous. Yes, very ridiculous. And also, I think one player who is an honorable mention for the Randy Moss Award for rookie, for most outstanding rookie that we didn't talk about for some reason is Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who finishes yeah. wide receiver eight. Yep. He's got to be in there for sure. He finished ahead of Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Robert Woods and Amari Cooper.
1: Mhm. But I mean, we had this conversation last night actually where I think the difference between Justin Jefferson and someone like Corey Davis, who I believe is the greatest receiver of all time, is Corey Davis is on such a run heavy offense where he doesn't get the opportunity to produce where you have Justin Jefferson as well, who was on a run-heavy offense, but the team was so bad that Kirk Cousins had no choice but to just start throwing the ball. So, I listen, I hope Corey Davis goes somewhere else. I hope he leaves Tennessee. I hope he leaves them in the dust. You know where I think would be a perfect landing spot for Corey Davis? Like the absolute most primal landing spot on planet Earth? Where? Green Bay. That would be fun cory davis with aaron Rodgers, i would go ballistic yeah I'm, i don't know why
0: i mean i know why you mentioned cory davis because you love him so much but i don't know why because i didn't i didn't even bring him
1: up i love him i love him but you mentioned justin jefferson and i was talking about justin jefferson last night in relation to cory davis that's how it, oh. that's how it came to my okay. mind. okay gotcha gotcha because i'm I like cory davis
0: he's a, he's a great guy cory davis finishes wide receiver 32 this year unfortunately that's very good for him yes no, yeah, it is, because he was around, he's in good company with you know, Brandon Ayuk, who missed a lot of games, Jarvis Landry, who missed a lot of games, Michael Gallup, Jameson Crowder, Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown Chris Goblin.
1: That's another one. That's another one. I think people, people who have no problem to say that a Hollywood Brown is better than Corey Davis, that's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. I, oh, boy. Hollywood, Hollywood Brown is terrible. He's not great. No, no, enough.
0: He there was a stretch in the middle of the season where he was just awful. I mean he's awful, period. No, well, he was like really awful. There was terrible week six to eleven. Listen to the stat line. Nine point seven against Philadelphia by seven point three against Pittsburgh, six point eight against Indianapolis, three point four against New England, and you know what he scored against Tennessee? Bubkiss. Donut.
1: Bub Kiss. Yikes. But this is a guy that everyone, everyone wants to take, that they love. It's the same thing, it's the same thing with Debo Samuel. That's another one. I, I, I don't understand that one. Yeah, I don't really understand that either. Corey Davis is a million miles better received than Debo Samuel. Uh, by a, a one million miles. They, it, they're not even in the same stratosphere.
0: Well, this has been fun, this post-mortem of fantasy football that we've yes, done. As we, as we put the 2020 season to rest. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only this The Fantasy Show, but also the Fanella Basement Talk Podcast that is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also see the Quiz and the debate. And also, Bert, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to make this, this new announcement that we
1: have a new addition to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show family. So, what we'll be doing for now until probably June, July, when we go back to doing uh, maybe three shows a week, when we do uh, pre-draft and everything like that, is we're going to be doing a fantasy roundtable. And what we'll be doing is we'll be bringing on uh, different guests, and we'll be just sitting down and having conversations with them about uh, their overall fantasy experiences in this year, what they learned, uh, what they regret doing. And I know this week we will be bringing on uh, our first guest for that. We will be going over ADP. Uh, We'll be looking at certain players and where they were drafted in August, September, and we will figure out where we went wrong and what are some things that we can do going into next season to kind of correct the mistakes that we made. And I can guarantee you one of the guys we'll be looking at for sure is Michael Thomas and where we went wrong with that one. Yeah, well, you can't predict injuries, so. No, you you cannot, but it was also poor play in general. Michael Thomas played six games five six games and didn't score a touchdown so that's uh that's a massive problem so i think that's going to be something that uh we will be analyzing pretty closely and trying to figure out what happened there um either thursday or friday depending on when uh, when we were decided to record that program
0: for my co-host ed birdsall i am adam castor and we will talk to you next time on the Basement talk podcast fantasy show bye-bye